Welcome to the Face Transition Podcast. In this episode, I have a very open and vulnerable conversation with advanced relationship therapist Jenny Morrow. She has decade, a decade and a half of experience working with thousands of couples and individuals. She helps her clients have more fulfilling and enduring advanced relationships. Jenny is a former member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who, among millions of others, has found that she could better thrive as herself without a prescribed way to be and believe. She's a successful advanced relationship therapist who lives what she preaches. Bryce Bauer, Jenny's husband, shares her values and together uh, they coach advanced relationship. In this episode, Jenny digs deeper into my own relationship issues as a three-year divorced, back on the dating scene, single working mother, with the hope to find a partner who shared the same values. Jenny shows me how to embrace my anxious attachment romantic relationship style, which is a struggle for me, how to be clear on what I want and need in order to be secure in presenting these personal values to potential future partners. Jenny also explains what an advanced relationship looks like and how we can work on achieving this goal. I hope you are able to pick up on some of the great gems for yourself in this conversation. I also hope that you will explore all the valuable material uh, the Advanced Relationship Academy website offers to anyone interested. Jenny Morrow, thank you so, so much for coming on to the Face Transition Podcast. It's such an honor for me to have you come on because I've, I've just barely discovered you uh, and what you do, and I was super impressed. And so I reached out and I wanted to have you come on and share your knowledge and expertise about relationships and things we can improve. Uh, I'm excited to also share um you know everywhere people can find you we'll we'll do that and i'll put that in the, the notes as well but i'll give you some time to just kind of introduce yourself maybe talk briefly about your relationship you know with the mormon church and you know when you left we don't have to go deep into that uh, i know you have a ton of material out there that people can go to but uh, just to give a little bit of uh, your connection with with the lds church and then we'll go from there Oh, thanks, Juliana. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so my name is Jenny Morrow, and um, I am, what I do is I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist um, and relationship coach. So mostly what I do now with, with my clients is coaching. I work with clients all over the world, um, but a lot of people across the U.S. And so um, specifically, I work on relationship coaching at this point. Um, and my husband and I, my husband and I run a podcast called the advanced relationship podcast. So, um, he also does relationship coaching and runs men's groups and I run women's groups and yeah, we do a lot of work, just helping people come out of traditional relationship mindsets and traditional relationship skills and really learn how to create more advanced relationship, um, more advanced relationships, basically. So, um, I've listened to your podcast, the advanced relationship one, and it is amazing. So I will definitely tell everyone to go and, and listen to it, whether you are in a relationship or kind of uh, looking or just wanting to know some 
treasures about how to handle your emotions and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's been such a fun project and yeah. So I studied, I went to graduate school for marriage and family therapy about 15 years ago is when I first started seeing my first clients it was about 15 years ago. And then, and then about 10 years ago is when I started um, my journey outside of the Mormon church. Like that's when I started transitioning myself. So I grew up LDS and um, actually really loved the experience of being a Mormon. Like it was just a really good fit for me. I always felt like I belonged. It was a, it was like a place where I could talk about existential questions and go deeper into my experience of spirituality and connect socially with the community around me. So, um, I grew up in a, in a ward that had a lot of older people and I just loved it. I felt so, so cared about, so seen. And, um, but when I started going to graduate school and learning more about especially shame and addiction in the beginning, I was doing a lot of work with clients around addiction and, uh, relationship issues as well. And just kind of looking at sexuality and how all of these different issues impacted people. So it was a, a few years after I became a therapist that I just started feeling less and less settled when I was in church meetings. I started to feel angsty and anxious about how I heard sexuality talked about and um, what I was perceiving was shame around, you know, some of the messages around sexuality. It just stopped making sense, really, basically, based in what I was learning was actually healthy sexual development and how to um, be able to navigate sexuality throughout the developmental stages, as well as in a marriage, in a relationship. And so, yeah, a lot of the messages I was here, messages I was hearing just stopped making sense. They stopped feeling helpful. And it was at that point that I started, you know, wondering where do I want to land here? I was in my early thirties at the time I was single. I had never been married. And that was also a part of the experience for me was wondering, you know, what is the healthiest way for me to approach my dating life, knowing what I know now with more information and, um, and then also working a lot with um, clients that were gay and just seeing so much pain and suicidal ideation and just feeling like, you know, something's not working here, but also kind of taking what I was watching with my clients and saying, you know, how am I limiting myself in my ability to date in the way that actually helps me feel safe and like I can get to know someone in a safe way? And have ultimately moved towards a lifetime, lifelong partnership. So um, it was kind of an interesting journey of, you know, navigating those things. And at that point, I decided to step back and just take a break, not knowing for sure what was going to happen there. I hadn't explored any of the historical issues in Mormonism yet. I decided to step back, take a break. And at that point, I started um, finding more information and, uh, and tra ultimately transitioned out fully. So, so that, down the rabbit hole, <laughs> yes, down the rabbit hole. It really was. Wow. It's just crazy looking back. I like how you said that, you know, looking at the situation of, you know, LGBTQ, you know, gay people in the church kind of triggered you because that was also one of my biggest trigger when I mm -hmm. started really paying attention, because mm -hmm. when you grow up and you kind of follow the norms and, 
you follow the prophet and you know you don't pay attention to people who do or are not uh, fitting that mold and once you open your eyes and realize the pain mm -hmm. that was kind of the last drop for me i'm like mm, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so then about um so a few years after i left i met my husband bryce so that was about six years ago now and um he was secular he was never religious he didn't he wasn't raised religious and that was like a very healing experience for me you know both being with someone who um you know didn't care what i he didn't care that i didn't believe in a religion or even really know what i believed you know sometimes it was just kind of like i'm just open i, I don't really there's some things i just don't know and it felt nice to have that space in a romantic partnership and it also felt helpful to be able to move through that relationship um, and integrate sexuality at a pace that felt healthy and safe for me. And interesting to look back, you know, on my relationships and how there was always so much tension between um, wanting to get close to someone and then feeling guilty if I did more than I thought I was supposed to do. And just how much that had kind of blocked energetically, I think sometimes me feeling safe emotionally and otherwise in a relationship. And it just, yeah, it was a really nice experience. Um, and, you know, I dated a, a few other people before him also, um, some that weren't religious, some that were, but, but yeah, coming into partnership with Bryce was, was a really big thing. And also being in partnership with someone else who was interested in personal development and how to take responsibility in their life and really go there. And that was probably, <clears throat> that was probably the biggest connection for me with Bryce right from our first date coffee date meeting in a coffee shop was just seeing like oh here is someone who who's willing to look at themselves and who's willing to look at their part because that's that was very much what i was interested in as well and that's been like a huge gift in our relationship over the last six years is just being with someone who you know who wants to understand what's going on under the surface awesome yeah. thank you so much i absolutely love that and um i think that's a struggle today. And um, I remember listening to one of your first podcasts when you talk about how you met and like oh, all the people, because I'm back on the app now. Um, mm -hmm. I hadn't for about a year or so, but I was encouraged <laughs> to kind of give it a try again. Yes. And I think I'm coming to it more evolved now, but also realizing and more open-minded, but also realizing that yeah, lots of people want lots of different things. And I remember you talking about your, I, I believe it was Tinder. Is, isn't that where you met? Like, yeah. Which yeah. I was so shocked because I'm like, that's like my least favorite app. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never going back there again. But I think listening to your to your podcast gave me hope, like gave me the courage to get back on because I was like so turned off and I'm like, I'm not going there again. I'm so annoyed. Mm -hmm. And it never turns out. Um, I mean, I've met, I've met a few good people and I've dated a few a few people out of you know using the apps but and i take it all as learning experiences um some were not as good as the other but yeah ultimately i take it as learning experiences especially with you know the same kind of background you have growing up in the mormon church and being so conservative and my first being my marriage and uh i mean that's that's a different story but would you like to know about <laughs> kind of my romantic story i would love to <laughs> so let me tell the audience so i 
wanted to bring her on to so that she could kind of analyze me and hopefully there are things that she will share that will apply to you as well but I wanted to take myself as the um, the subject, <laughs> which is <laughs> very, uh, it's a bit intimidating, but I want to, I want to share so that she can help me and hopefully you too. <laughs> so here it goes. So th this is stuff I've only shared privately with, you know, close friends and whatnot. I mean, some of the stuff I will, I will share, but basically this is how it goes. Like the romantic, so I'm, I'm born and raised in Belgium. So it's it's a bit of you know it's not a mormon surroundings or whatnot but my mother joined when i was little so i was um you know growing up in the church very much active you know following all the rules so throughout high school where you know romanticism kind of starts i did date you know a, a few guys but nothing ever happened yeah like first kiss at like you know 11 or something but nothing big so my first real kind of caring relationship was in high school and um, never like crossed the line. He was actually not a Mormon, um, but I brought him to church. He converted. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, left later, but yeah, definitely converted for love, I think. And then, you know, and then I'm, I'm a very driven person. So I had my plans, you know, I wanted to go on a mission, which I did. And then I left to go to BYU. And so, you know, I put everything else in the back burner and, um, you know, that was, that was my focus. So then I go to BYU and I date a bunch, you know, just like silly dates, whatever. And then I meet my, my ex-husband, uh, my last year at BYU. And we get married after about less than a year, like nine months or something. And we are married for 14 years and then we divorce. <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> so basically I was kind of following the course, uh, you know, looking back, I was following the course and we did hit it up, you know, more on a intellectual level. And also because we're so young, you know, hormones are running. And so we're like, yeah, we're, you know, we're good enough match. Like we, you know, we, it was kind of like the emotions of the moment, I think that got us into marriage uh, rather than really digging, you know, our, our personality compatible, like the mature thing that I would do now. And so, you know, we make it work because, you know, the church kind of is, is the glue, you know, all the principles and then during to the end, of knowing anything else. And I don't want to say anything that derogative, not good for him, but basically we become good friends, not lovers in the relationship. And now, I mean, it's, it's known by, you know, everyone, cause I've, I've talked publicly and I've written a lot. Eventually, you know, it comes to a point where he's mis miserable, I'm miserable, and we need to kind of free each other from this misery. Um, luckily, we had left the church before before divorce and and leaving the church you know he left before me like he stopped believing before me and i at first i wasn't really receptive to that i didn't want to know anything but i was still there and kind of questioning you know our our relationship because if it wasn't going to be an eternal marriage then why stay you know but then somehow you know our love for each other because we we've always loved each other um conquered and we we decided to work on it but then um then I leave you know later on but we're still mis miserable like as far as love life goes 
right? We, we, we can tell and we can feel that we're not right for each other. And eventually I'm like, we gotta, you know, free each other from, from this misery. And, and after we divorced, he came out as gay. So, uh, which explained the misery on his side and on my side, because we both needed and wanted different things. So, so that's pretty much, you know, 14 years of most of my life, my love life, which is not so great, right? <laughs> I mean, we got along on many other aspects. We have wonderful children. He's a great dad, you know, like um, I, I really respect him. Um, but yes, that, that side of our marriage, which is a huge part of it, did not work out. So I come out of that, and this is about um, three years ago that we got divorced in 2019 officially. We separated in 18 and then uh, divorced in 19. So then basically I'm like this kind of mom little girl because <laughs> I have not much experience at all. Like uh, he never cheated. I never cheated, you know, not to put judgment. I mean, it may happen and we probably thought about it at times or but we, we promised that we would not do that. So we never did. So I come out in this wild, wild world of <laughs> singles <laughs> at what, 30, how old was I? Uh, like maybe 39 or so. Um, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, I hear about the apps, you know, and how to meet people. And I try that and I go into it so naive, like, so like thinking people are all honest and want to say, you know, when they say what they say, they mean what they say. And it was just such a, yeah, like <laughs> cold shower. My, 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 well, I have to say that I, I, I want to be fully honest here, but I do have to say that I had like an emotional, kind of an emotional affair with um, a person that had read some of my material and reached out and it happened in a really like an unexpected, you know, I was deprived, I guess, emotionally and, and sexually and whatnot. And luckily he was far away, so nothing happened. But so, but he just was there at the, it was like this perfect storm was there at the right time, you know, and it was all in written you know, we did meet later, but anyways, that did happen. But then with the apps, like, yeah, I remember the first, you know, coffee. And of course it's always perfect, you know, I mean, because the good thing with the app, you, you do get some information, some basic information where you know that you might like the person because, you know, unless everything they say is a lie, right? Uh, if they're a little bit honest, that that's the positive thing about you. And you are the, the, the winning side of <laughs> so it works people <laughs> it works for many it works for many so I don't disbelieve in it fully so I go and of course I find you know the typical player uh womanizer and I'm just so naive and he says all the right thing at all the right times I did not go you know back home with him or whatever because I'm not like that not to, to put judgment I am not like that I'm speaking for myself <laughs> you do you whatever you want to do but <laughs> and so we see each other a few times I'll go there and of course you know I'm super attached right away he wasn't really wanting to he just wanted to play basically right and so devastated I'm like what you know I want to scream to the world who are these people and what's going on and then um then I go I guess on many different dates meet many different people um end up having this 
relationship with this guy for nine months who also wasn't right for me, but was at the same time a great experience for me to learn about myself and to grow. And with him, uh, I mean, I realized later he's, I, I have this kind of tendency to fall for bad guy gone good. Right. And he had, and he was also the very opposite to my ex gay husband. <laughs> he was very alpha, <laughs> completely opposite to me, you know, the European girl cultured, educated, you know, he was not that he was, he was, he was driven on, you know, he owned his own business and had kind of, you know, climbed from like bad circumstances to a better place, very manly. <laughs> Okay, that's this big truck, like, so not me, quote unquote, but it was kind of exciting because we were so different, right? And he's also like, I see the good in people, right? And so look at the heart and, um, and kind of realize, you know, I wanted to help him be a better person. He was a former addict um, who hadn't really fully gone over it. Like he, you know, he did with, the alcoholism, but not with the drugs. And I had never been with anyone who had been on drugs and stuff like that. You know? So I'm so naive. But yet we have a great time, right? Because crazy people also are cool. <laughs> so I ended up staying with this person for nine months, right? Uh, you know, he's also somewhat bipolar and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, get it, not do that. Then just, you know, take a long break and then go back in the apps because I'm like, okay, I got to put myself out there. There, you know, if I'm on there, there are good people out there, you know, and then I have these weird um, short-term relationship, not weird, but like where I have these weird thing with me where if I like someone, I start getting really anxious and then overbearing, you know, of course there's plenty of wonderful things about me and, you know, but just slow down, girl, right? <laughs> don't dump and don't be like so in a hurry. <laughs> and so I basically just like choke them and then they're like, see you later. <laughs> and, um, or I guess the, the type of guys that I liked, I, I choke them. And then are you okay if I jump in here? And yes, yes, yes. When you say I would, I would choke, the, quote, choke them, meaning being overbearing or whatever. What, what did that look like? Just too much, wanting too much contact, um, starting to worry when they're not, they don't answer back, wanting to do stuff right now, you know, when they're super busy because I should be the priority, you know, like mm -hmm. immature and selfish, basically. Mm -hmm. So and I've grown out of that somewhat, except it came out again recently, which is so yeah. sad. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I'm very self-aware. And then I'm like trying to fix it. Like luckily with um, the last person it happened, I was able to be like, hey, listen, this is what happened. <laughs> I'm not that crazy girl. but <laughs> wow. And, uh, and it, it's fine because it wasn't right it was not meant to be and I'm um, fully aware of that but you know how like sometimes your your intellect and your emotions are so not like in sync <laughs> yeah. 
I hate that because <laughs> my mind, my brain is like, you know what's going on. You know, this is not happening. You know, that's not right. So stop it, you know, but then your emotions mm -hmm. and especially if you've had close encounters or whatever, it's like this kind of, you know, yeah. contradictory, like it's, you're being pulled into a different direction when yeah. mentally, you know, which direction is best, but you kind of keep wanting to go in the other one. But I don't have like the professional wording for this. <laughs> yeah, if you're open, I'd love to, to yes. do a little bit of work. Does it feel okay to do a little bit of work? Yes, first? absolutely. Tell me what you see, what you heard. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one thing I'm hearing is just that, you know, you're like many of us where you have a journey and things happen and there's a lot that's gone into your story. And, um, you know, just making space for all of those experiences because like, like you said, they're all learning experiences. There's something ultimately that can come out of all of it in terms of what you get to learn about yourself and the world and, and people in reality. And, um, but I love, as you're talking about this in, in the, uh, relationship world, we call this anxious attachment. And I love that you're talking about this because this is something that, that I see, you know, really coming up frequently when I'm working with people on their relationship stuff. And it was something that was a big part of my own journey um, and being able to get to a place where I felt ready to be in a relationship with someone like Bryce. And so, um, so I really like being able to kind of support people and talk to people about the anxious attachment. Um, so, because one of the things I would say is that it's easy for us to kind of like um, demonize this part of ourself or see it as a problem. And not that it doesn't have impact on our relationships, um, but one of the things I find is actually really helpful um, is for people to, and I work more, I work more with women than I do with men. So um, I see a lot of women, especially in this state, in this anxious attachment state. Um, and definitely man, a man can be more anxious than his partner in terms of his attachment. Um, and more often in what I have seen, even working with couples, um, more often it's the woman who, um, has a more anxious attachment. The man will have a more avoidant type attachment. That's not always the case, but sometimes, um, so I guess one of the things I really find helpful is, um, helping people to start to make space for their attachment style, because one of the things that helps you ultimately to create the type of relationship you want is to work with, with the way you're wired instead of trying to like work against it. And again, this doesn't mean you can't grow through it and become more secure. That's ultimately the goal, but the way to become more secure is really to first and foremost, be able to make space for the anxious attachment in you. So, yeah. So one of the, Oh, go ahead. Were you going to ask? Oh, I was going to say, and maybe that's where you're going, but how do you do that? Yeah. How, how do you make space for that? <laughs> and not be because I'm just annoyed with it. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So one of the first steps is, is, you know, to see, and that's one of the things I try to deliver is a message that this is your anxious attachment is not a problem. That's a story. It's a belief that we get in our head, that it's a problem. Our anxious attachment is just a way that our neurosystem, our, our neurological and mental and emotional system has wired itself to try to protect you. So um, one of the things that can actually be helpful is starting to see it 
as a friend and not a problem. And one of the ways to do that, sometimes the way to do that is just to start by kind of trusting someone who's, who's maybe done a little bit of work with people and says like, make space for this. So for example, one of the ways that I did it is I started to date knowing that I have this anxious attachment is I would actually say things like, wow, I give myself permission to feel insecure here. Even though, even though I want more contact than this person wants to give, I deeply and completely honor and love myself. So I used what I call supportive phrases to start to make space. And to start to make space in a way where I didn't have to blame another person and I didn't have to, um, I didn't have to, yeah, basically become aggressive towards another person. The idea really with an anxious attachment is to start by bringing your attention and your awareness and your energy back into yourself. Because with anxious attachment, what happens is, is your energy is actually going out to another person. It's like you're leaving yourself. So the anxious attachment itself becomes like a signal that there's no one there to be there with you and protect you. So the first step is to come back to yourself and just make space to love yourself in that anxiety. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Does anything pop up for you as, as I just throw that out there? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, that's exactly it. And, you know, I, I read a ton. I listen to a ton of, you know, Brent, um, Esther Perel is one of my favorite, um, you know, uh, couples and, and just in general therapists. And she has a lot of good content and um, so do you. And so it's always the application of that, right? And um, I'm an anxious person, you know, I have anxiety and I, I do meditation and I work out and I do all these things. So I know what to do, but mm-hmm. sometimes it gets it gets in the way. And I, I did have an experience uh, recently, I'm not gonna go deeply into it, but where I, I really learned how to cope better too. It's basically nature teaching me how to cope with my anxiety and how to um, take a step back. And because of it, uh, I was actually able to come out of that last experience I had, romantic experience I had, where I felt torn and and kind of my heart ripped, even though it was so wasn't meant to happen. Wasn't meant, you know, I I went into it knowing that it was it, you know, there were possibilities great possibilities I wasn't going to be anything but because I'm I guess so um full or like when I give I I give fully like I think I tricked myself into thinking that I could kind of go in and pull out but I'm not that type of person and Mm -hmm. I had to accept that that I, I can never be you know uh someone who can just hop around and you know have like I I just even if I wanted to, my heart and my mind won't let me, you know? So, and, and then because I thought I was going into it thinking I can just, you know, (laughs) be quick and back and, you know, not, not be affected. It didn't work. And I crazy as it may sound, it wasn't even like a, a, not even if I wouldn't say a relationship. Um, But I had, I experienced the same heartache as I would, if I had been in, you know, like a one year, or, you know, nine months or longer term relationship. And that, that even surprised me. Cause I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, why can't I not just let go or like cope with this, you know? And, but because I did some, some work and I um, 
received some things that helped me kind of step back and be like, hey, it's an experience. Now, you know, you see yourself, you know, be kind to yourself, kind of the things that you're saying. Um, I was able to kind of move on and I was able to communicate. I was open enough. I mean, I was secure enough to share my, you know, what you just shared, like my anxiety and, you know, this is crazy me that came out. I'm really sorry. <laughs> and I think uh, the, uh, the, the receiving person was grateful for that, you know, that I was able to recognize in a way my wrongs you know but it's still difficult and it also makes me wonder so I've been kind of studying more about my personality type and I know who I am like I know how I am Mm -hmm. I just need to come to term with it and work with it right Mm -hmm. because sometimes we're like oh you know we're, we're we like I'm trying to accept or to to find out how to accept what I know is best for me. Because in the past, I've seen that I have been with people who I wouldn't say were, I have one person in mind. Like in appearance, it might have been like, this person is perfect for you. Why did you leave? But I also get unhappy with people who don't, stimulate me in a certain way even if everything else is perfect and and I feel bad about it because I'm like that you know could have been the perfect person for you why did you do that but boredom is just death for me like I cannot be with someone who doesn't for example stimulate my mind you know it's it's great if you know everything is great in the bedroom but if that cannot be the only thing or the main thing mm-hmm. like it has to be more across the board like you were saying like you gotta because I'm 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 a constant learner. I'm, I just move fast. And so if, if you can't keep up, like it's a little bit hard for me because I get, I get annoyed. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that I may end up just by myself for the rest of my life because <laughs> so <laughs> I'm listening to you. <laughs> well, I was curious because it sounds like, yeah, again, there's been a lot going on, but you're right in the middle of the stating experience right now. So Um, I'm curious for you, is there something that like, if you were to say, okay, here's kind of what's going on. Is there anything in particular you'd want like support with or help with if you were to talk to me, a relationship coach, like what would be the thing you'd want help with or support with? Help me know what's the perfect, not perfect, but the matching. And I Mm -hmm. think I, I know I kind of, cause I did the personality types Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, like sometimes I know it sounds a a bit arrogant, but I'm like, I need, I need someone like me, but at the same time, I love opposite of me, but that doesn't last because that, that person I was telling you about, you know, the nine months, no, bad boy, gone good, whatever. He was completely opposite of me. And we had that opposite attract thing going on, mm-hmm. but that was not going to last because eventually it gets too much. What I realize is I can only show part of myself to these people. Mm-hmm. I cannot share my full self because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and that is painful to me. So I have to be with someone who understand I'm, I'm kind of a complex person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm born and raised in Belgium. I traveled the world. I, I have so much going on in my brain, you know, and, and if I can only share a tiny piece of it, it's hard for me, you know? Yeah, yeah so. definitely. Yeah. And if you were to say like, what are your values in terms of partnership? Like what are, if you were to say one to three things 
that you value the most in partnership or that you imagine you would value the most? Mm -hmm. Like what are those three things that feel most important to have in partnership for you? So my Mm non-negotiable, my non-negotiables are honesty and communication. And I kind of put that together for like honesty and communication Taking care of your soul, mind, and body is absolutely non-negotiable for me. Um, I put, I mean, I, I love everyone. You know, I have friends of all, you know, background, shape, whatever. I'm, I'm, but to be with me and for me to be happy, uh, that's something I, I want to share with my partner is that we are constantly, and it doesn't mean like, you know, I'm crazy about like working out. It has to be a mindset. And, and, and it's not just about the physical, it's about the mental. Like I have this, this um, conviction that they go hand in hand. You're not well physically, you're not well mentally. And, and you, I'd need to be with someone who values that. And then that fun part, you know, that fun, exciting, you know, no boredom in the bedroom is a non-negotiable because I've already had my fasting for a long time. So yeah, those, I would say do three things, honesty, communication, taking care of your mind, your soul, meaning body and mind, mind and body, and just fun. The fun part has to be there. You know, you have to be wanting to do things and um, discover learning, you know, and, and I would put, I guess it's different. Maybe if I, learning is super important too. Okay. So maybe four. Yeah. Just constant learning, uh, growing mm-hmm. self-awareness, you know, growth. Which of the four, if you had to pick one as the top one. Whoa. <laughs> soul, like mind and soul, like mind and body taking care of that. Because I think a lot of things come out of that. Like you, you grow when you do that and you self-aware and you know what I mean? I'm not talking about the, the gym rats who just want to look like, you know, the bodybuilder who, who doesn't care about growing his mind. It has to be both. Mm-hmm. Can't be just one. Okay. Mm. So, um, and I'm even going to kind of narrow you down just a little bit more so I can understand that more clearly. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about someone who takes care of soul, mind, and body, and I can see different ways that can happen, right? Exercise for the body, healthy eating, um, for the soul, maybe some kind of meditation or spirituality practice, um, for the mind, uh, you know, possibly, um, therapy or someone who, who's willing to kind of pay attention to their beliefs and their thoughts. So if you were to choose one of those, again, kind of a starting point, because they can ultimately all be on your values. Mm-hmm. all be important. Do you have a sense of which of those you would want to start? Dark, like which of those would be most important? I understand they all are. So I get uh, that. Like out of the four, out of the two. Out of, you said taking care of soul, mind, and body was one of the four. Mm-hmm. You have honesty, communication, taking care of soul, mind, and body. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of fun, exciting, and then learning. Mm-hmm. So maybe, and you said the most, maybe the most important one was the taking care of soul, mind, and body. So maybe mm-hmm. that's a, I don't know if that's like a personal development. Yeah. You're talking about there. Yeah. Okay. So someone who's interested in personal development, who's interested in taking care of themselves and being healthy. Yes, but healthy in both mentally and physically. Emotionally, mentally, Mm -hmm. and physically. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So, and as you're, as you're talking about that one, what's happening for you right now, as you're kind of exploring it with me, what are you experiencing right now in this moment, emotionally and mentally yourself in this moment, as you're talking about it? That's something that makes me feel good. (laughs) If I, in fact, I connect with people who are like that instantly, almost, you know, whether it's friendships or, you know, because we, it's, we speak the same language. Yeah. We speak, we understand the why we understand why it's important. So that's. mm -hmm. So tell me, so it sounds like that part, you can kind of naturally organically, that's a place where you can connect with people. Mm -hmm. Like there's an ease to to with friendships, kind of seeing people who are interested in that stuff and feeling a natural connection and wanting to, to be with someone like that, even in a friendship. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that right? Right, right. But with friendship, I say that I have a lot more leeway. Like I don't, you know, require all my friends to be super interested in that. But I'm, I'm just thinking for like a partner. That's something that mm-hmm. I would want with yeah. my friends. Of course, you know, I, I tend to get along better with people who are like that. But if they don't, I, we can still be friends and have a ton of fun. And you know, what yeah. I mean, like, um, have those connections. But yeah, but who do I choose to be my partner? It's I guess my expected. Yeah, I guess I, I need to be honest and call them expectations. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to pull away from like, you know, being demanding and whatnot but at the same time it's like you want what you want like you know yeah. and you need what you need to yes. yeah. because sometimes I want what I don't need or I, I choose what is not good for me and is that meaning sometimes you want or choose someone who doesn't do that thing who who really doesn't take care of their soul mind and body um I haven't really but um where has it gone wrong like maybe oh or other things or I I guess maybe I project you know like because maybe some some of these things are usually there but then there are other things that are um there are other things that are kind of you know if they're like super fun and they make me laugh and they're adventurous you know all of these things will take precedence and then um other things that are important in my core may be liking, but I don't see it right away. Right. But then yeah. as it goes, they, they start coming up and then it's like, mm, that's not going to. Which is where, right. It takes time sometimes and experience to get clear on what are our values and what are the top values? Mm-hmm. Like what's most important to us in partnership. So for example, by the time I came into partnership with my husband, Bryce, I knew like, first and foremost, I have to be with someone who's willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you say do the work, meaning work on yourself, right? Um, and both work on yourself and the relationship. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. for example, prior to Bryce, there were two different men I dated, um, you know, had like, like a little bit longer relationships mm-hmm. with, and both of them came to a place where there was like a discrepancy or a conflict or something that felt like it would be in the way of of me feeling safe in the relationship Mm -hmm. and really being able to move forward. And in both of those situations, when it got to that place, I said, I, I don't feel capable of doing this, you know, of creating what, what I would want to be able to create in this relationship. Um, and would you be willing to, you know, would you be willing to go get help together? Right away. Mm-hmm. Wow. About, one was about four months into the relationship. The other one was about eight months in. Six, is, is it not, isn't that strange? Um, although I, 
fully 100% believe in therapy. I think everyone needs it. Everyone should have it because we all have knots that we need to undo and we can't do it on our own. But wouldn't that be a red flag if like from the get-go you like, okay, we need to get therapy and you're just dating. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, and right, both of these men had that same kind of fear, like, well, one, you know, and, and one was like, I don't know that I'm ready to do that. And even for myself, I don't know that I could go do that right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and a lot of people would maybe feel an aversion to that. So again, Mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong here. That was just my value. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My value was number one, someone's willing to do the work with me. Mm -hmm. So being a therapist and coach myself, I just knew I can't carry the relationship by myself. Absolutely. I Absolutely. have to be with someone who's willing to go get support together because I do so much of that work on my own. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't, that wouldn't be everyone's value. But for mm-hmm. me, that was number one. So after four months, six months and really getting to a place where I genuinely felt like I don't, I don't know how to move past this. Yeah. And talking to you and trying to do the work with you is not working. Like we're trying, but it keeps not working. We're trying, it keeps not working. So either we go get support and get an outside opinion, or I'm going to move on. Yeah. And I can see, I can see how um, super important that is. And in fact, I think deep down, that's, that's what, um, of course I want. It's someone who, you know, kind of wants of the relationship, what you want of the relationship, or at least work at it so that it's something mm-hmm. great. I, to me, it's kind of like the base, right? Yeah. Because if that's not there, and that's why I'm saying, if you have to go to, you know, therapy right away, it's <laughs> a red flag, because that means you, one of you is not wanting to work on this, you know? Because mm-hmm. I mean, the, the simple fact that you come together should be that you want to build something or do something, you know, yeah. if you want to, if you want, if we're talking about a long-term relationship here, not just, you know, yeah. have fun for a weekend and then move on. But if you want a real relationship, to me, if you come together and you both want that, then it's kind of a given that you would want to work on it, but you, you make it um, even more, you don't make assumptions. See, that's maybe my problem is that I make assumptions that if we're coming together and we possibly want a real long-term relationship we're going to work on it but if you don't put words to it and if you don't lay it out there you may be the only one working on it (laughs) the other person is just going to assume things are going to just fall off the sky or just happen on their own (laughs) yeah so that's where you yes so you would need to get really clear what does that mean to you how would you specifically know that someone's in that process with you right for Mm -hmm. you it might be different than it was for me for me it was someone who's willing to do the work. And that meant be able to go to a coach together or whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's intense, <laughs> but Hey, you got it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And it was, it was probably about four months into dating Bryce that we bumped up against something. And I said, this isn't one I, I can do on my own with you. Mm. So I yeah. said, we either go see someone or we, we yeah. end the relationship. And he said, okay, we go see someone. Yeah. And that's been our, that's beautiful our, though. And I don't, I think you guys are very, very, uh, unique and rare to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, very few guys. I mean, some I know would, um, I, I shouldn't, I, I, I do not like to put blanket statement. Cause I know a lot of great guys who fully, uh, endorse, you know, therapy and whatnot, but you probably know that generally speaking, many are not ready of wanting because it's yes. scary. And it's just scary. You, it's emotional. Yes. And that's what you want to filter out if that's important to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because 
what happens if you stay together and you get engaged and then you want to get help or a year down the road, you're married and then you want to get help. If he doesn't want to get help in the beginning, who's to say he's ever going to want to get help. Mm-hmm. So again, if that's, the, if that's important to you. So I'm just giving an, an example of what my value is. Mm-hmm. So what I tell women is it's easy for women to think like, I can't get the thing I want, but I tell women, you have to figure out what you want. And then if it's not there, you have to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes they may be willing to, to give it or bring it, but you, you you just have to let it, let it known, let it be known. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So whatever the value is, whether it's honesty and communication, whether it's taking care of soul, mind, body. And again, I'd get more specific because even as a coach, I'm like, I'm not quite sure what that means. Does it mean someone who, who reads about things? Does it mean someone who goes to the gym? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So And again, I understand it could show up maybe in a lot of different ways, but but you would need a way to assess, right? Right. You'd need a way to assess, and then you'd need a way to be able to communicate about the importance of, because one thing I find, and one thing I love to tell my single friends is when you start to understand advanced relationship work, it's the same, whether you're single or married, whether you're dating or married, the practices are the same. And even as a married woman now, when Bryce and I are working things out, I'm still, I'm still having to practice getting clear on my value, presenting my needs in a way that, you know, that either inspires him to kind of join me in the journey. Um, or that says like, okay, you're not interested in that value. I'm going to keep moving forward in that way. And we'll see what happens with our relationship. Maybe it lasts, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Mm. All I can do is keep moving towards what I want and invite you to join me. So at the point where if what you want is not what he wants, then there is conflict and exactly. So, so it's, it's always, always finding a way to, I guess, compromising and giving in and, you know, but, but it has to be equal so that both feel like their needs are fulfilled basically. Yeah. So the way I like to say it is rather than compromising, because compromising is like, kind of like you give up something you value and I'll give up something I value. Um, versus like, um, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to like, be really honest about what I value and I'm going to give time and space for it. Mm. Like you don't have to necessarily want what I want right now. You don't necessarily have to feel comfortable with that. Um, but I'm going to put it out there. And I'm going to invite you again to grow with me. And then maybe the compromise, if anything, is like, um, I'm not going to push. I'm not going to be aggressive. I'm not going to tell you you have to do this with me. I'm not going to control you. That is up to you. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend I don't want or, or need what I do want or need. So I don't know. I think of it more rather than compromise. I like to think of like, are we both willing to grow and expand such that our relationship includes what we both need? I see. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So, yeah, this is um, this is interesting. This is actually having that conversation is giving me clarity as to you know helping, kind of pinpointing. A big aha was definitely to accept like the anxious. Um, <laughs> And I mean, if we had a full session, which we're not going to go, but you would understand why and where it comes from, because of course that has a root, right? It doesn't just happen for no reason. So, and and there are many reasons why I would feel that way, but then 
it's um i think i i mean i've been like i said i've been in in longer relationships where you know and and then also it stabilizes when the person kind of does the right thing because then you're not feeling that way so exactly. you know what I mean? mm-hmm. yes it becomes this balance of learning mm-hmm how to be in your anxiety and tolerate mm-hmm. anxiety again, mm-hmm. while learning how to communicate honestly what you need and want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just giving space and time to watch what can unfold and blossom. Yeah. 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 And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I have this thing also where um, I like to be understood exactly right. And so if there's like loose ends, it drives me crazy. <laughs> That's why I had to go back and like write a whole email about why I acted that way because I also want people to see me how I am mm-hmm. you know in my normal state and not in my crazy state or you know like not mm-hmm. one of those peaks because we we have state where we are you know our normal self and then we have those peaks and or mm-hmm. that are not our normal self and so I don't want someone to like see me on one of the crazy peak or whatever and think that's who she is because that's not who I am that's yeah. just a little parenthesis and a, and a nice practice you could do with a partner even if it's just a dating partner um or someone you're you're newly connected with. I mean, one thing you can even practice is, I mean, you can always try to explain yourself, right? Cause we want to be seen. We want to be understood in who we, who we are as a whole person, not just in this one moment of reactivity. Right. And I think one thing that can also be helpful is making space to understand them as well. So, um, you know, reaching out and saying, what was it like for you mm-hmm. when I kept calling you that day mm-hmm. in your work? What was that like for you? Help yeah. me understand your experience. And I'm in that. <laughs> yeah, except they, they, they probably let it let you know. And again, um, the, the practice is we ultimately want to come to a place where we're, if you want an ad, what I call an advanced relationship, an advanced relationship is a place that includes you both. Mm-hmm. It includes your whole selves. It includes the part of you that's anxious. It includes the part of you that can feel secure. It includes both. And then it includes all of them. It includes their their reactivity, right? So however they react to your anxiety, the relationship includes that. So it's, it's really about making space to hear your partner and also be heard. And one of the things I tell couples when I'm working with them is the goal here is you're both going to get heard. This isn't about just one of you having space. This is about both of you having space in this relationship. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's work, just like you say, like, I love that you emphasize that, because I think it's scary for some people. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people, single people nowadays, just don't want to go there, because it's easy to just stay on the surface and just, you know, float around and just have your fun. And, but to me, I think deep down, I want more than that, right? I want yeah. something solid, I, I'm more of a depth than, you know, I don't care about you know, the 200 people who want to meet me, I want to meet the one that is wanting to do something that's real, you know. Um, so, but it's, that's not easy to find, to be honest, no. this, because well, guys not, are a little bit like, oh, you know, I can have a new candy every week. So, and it's not easy to find because again, most of us don't, we don't know how to do it ourselves. So mm. as soon as you learn the skills and you start applying them right from day one, mm. that's yeah. how you're going to find the ones who can go there with you. Even if they haven't, haven't really ever done it before, they don't really know. I mean, you know, Bryce will often mention like that, you know, the way he is in our relationship now isn't what he was naturally kind of, it wasn't like easy for him, but 
But because I was learning the skills through going through my own coaching, through having my own mentors, relationship mentors, you know, when I got into relationship with him from day one, I was practicing the skills and again with other men as well. And some men just weren't ready to go there. Just wasn't, they weren't ready, but Bryce, Bryce was, and there are other men out there who are, I really, really do believe that, but it's being able to, to see them Mm -hmm. and because again, for a lot of us women who don't know how to do advanced relationship, we tend to be drawn to men who also don't really want to do it, you know? So it takes time to learn the skills and start applying them and again, see what happens, see what unfolds. So I think- Okay, so I'm going to stop you there for a second, but so tell me what, um, what does a man who is willing to go into an advanced relationship looks like? And I'm not talking about physical, but Mm -hmm. like what would- what would he say or do that would give you a clue that he's actually, or do you just straight, straight up ask, but that could be scary too. It's like, whoa, she wants to like analyze me already and go to, you know, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you bring it up? And you know what I mean? Cause it's, yeah. how do you find those guys who are willing to do the work without scaring them on day one with, you know, do you want to go to therapy? Or do you want to work hard on this? And, you know, absolutely. Like, what do you do from the beginning? Um, yeah. So what I would suggest, well, actually, is it okay if I talk a little bit about the development model that I teach? Absolutely. Kind of answer that question. So useful uh, tools, go for it. Yeah. So um, after I studied marriage and family therapy, and I learned a variety of therapeutic models, um, as well as models for couples work. Um, And then I also um, had had been interested in yoga, and I was trained and certified as a yoga teacher. Um, I was interested in meditation and mindfulness work. Um, and also interested in kind of like energetic therapeutic type models. So, um, there's a branch of therapy called energy psychology, um, that uses certain tools and techniques that combine like kind of body methods, somatic work along with talk therapy. And so those were like a variety of areas I was really interested in and and learning from, um, And what I got really interested in was taking what I was learning and really applying it specifically to relationship work. And so what I ended up doing was I I first created what I call the advanced relationship blueprint that really shows people the difference between a traditional relationship and an advanced relationship. And then from there, I put together what I call the poet process. It's a four-step process poet, P-O-E-T, which is how to move from an advanced, from a traditional relationship moment into an advanced relationship moment. Because even when we start to learn how to do advanced relationship, we don't stay there. We will, in my experience, even myself, after 15 years of training, I will move into traditional relationship moments at times, but I have the process now to go back to. So I use that every day myself. And then that's the process I use with clients is, is what I call the poet process. Um, and then from there, one of the things I, I like my clients to understand is what I call your intimacy capacity. And it's how much capacity you have to receive and hold and give energy. And that energy can, can look like a few things. It can look like money, any type of abundance, money, love, health. Um, so there's you know different ways that we experience energy in our lives. And um, we all have a certain capacity and, and at some point we kind of hit the edges of our capacity, how much energy we can receive, hold and give, and it'll start to feel really intense when we hit our edges. 
So often we, when we get into conflict in our relationships or when we're looking for a partner and we start to feel that fear come up in us, that's a good information. We're at the edges of our own internal capacity to receive, hold, and give energy. One of the things then I like to describe to clients is you have your intimacy capacity and then what I call your four access points, which are the four areas through which you can actually um, start to increase your capacity. They're like the, um, like, yeah, they're just like doorways through which you can, um, you can see that you're at your capacity and they're doorways through which you can basically apply the poet process to then increase your capacity. Um, and then the last thing I like clients to understand is what I call the dynamic of struggle and harmony. And that is how do you, um, harmonize or balance the opposites, um, and that could be masculine and feminine energy. How do you balance giving and receiving energy? How do you, um, you know, balance your attention being on your internal self versus going out into the external, out into your part, out to your partner, to your kids? Like how do how do you balance all of those opposites? What is the process for that? So, um, and I talk about it specifically in terms of masculine, feminine energy, and then applying that through the four steps of the poet process. So it's kind of this whole big um, developmental process that I teach clients. And the reason I like to just introduce that is because for anyone listening, I think what happens for so many of us is most of us don't even have the first step. We don't even know really what the difference is between a traditional relationship and an advanced relationship. All we know is that we want more. All we know is that we want more depth. We want more connection. We want more passion. We want more of something, you know? So, um, so when you say like, how do you know if a guy, um, is ready and willing to have the kind of relationship you want, right? Cause we can show up on a date and we can say, you know, I'm looking for someone who's really willing to go the distance, uh, are you willing to do that? You know, and, and a guy could easily say, yes, like, yeah, I want to, I want to find the right partner and go the distance with someone too. Right. But what actually happens when we get into the experience of the relationship itself? So again, for, for what I would say, and there's lots of other modalities out there as well. Mine is just the one that works the best for me and the one that I've seen work for clients over and over. But what I'd say for women is if you're interested, if you're in a dating situation and you're wanting to learn how to go deeper with someone and find that right partner, I would say, start with doing your own work. So that was, that was kind of what happened to me. So probably right after I left Mormonism, um, I dated a man and was someone who was not active in religion. Um, and we, we broke up. Well, we were kind of friends and anyways, anyways, the point is when, when we decided not to date, I felt really heartbroken. And I remember thinking, I don't, I am tired of going through this. Um, I was in my early thirties at the time, 31 or 32. This was maybe not eight or nine years ago. And I just, I would have been 31 at the time. And I remember thinking like, I, I feel done going through this like the heartbreak over and over and over. And so often what I had thought was that the heartbreak was connected to the guy. Like the reason I kept going through this heartbreak was because I wasn't finding the right type of guy. Right. And at that point I started to realize, okay, maybe there's something I'm missing here. And at that point I engaged in learning about relationship work. Um, so I joined, I think 
probably at that point, I started learning and ultimately learned from about 40 different relationship experts. But very specifically, I went into like more deep coaching with three of them. So did their courses and actually one-on-one coaching with one of them. And um, at that point, I started to actually learn the difference between traditional relationship and advanced relationship, what that actually meant. So it made it easier from there as I started to go into relationship because I knew what to look for. I knew what to ask about. And I just felt more trust in myself and what I wanted. I didn't have to feel afraid of making a man uncomfortable. So that's what I'd say is if you've been in in a situation where you feel like, man, I'm just having a hard time finding the right partner. And I keep going through this heartbreak and I'm and I'm afraid of making men uncomfortable. I don't want to scare them away. That's just a good signal to me to go in and actually do your own work around relationships very specifically. So um, because, again, it's it's going to you're going to get the mirror back in terms of how comfortable am I to ask for what I need, you're going to find a man who also might feel scared and uncomfortable at times, but he's like, that's what I want. I want a woman who's going to be willing to stand up for herself and challenge me. And, and again, Bryce and I still experience this even in our marriage. So it was just a few nights ago, something came up and I asked for what I needed and it was really scary for him. And we kind of went through this conflict and then we came out the other side and he was like, you know, I'm really, this is why, this is one of the reasons why I'm with you. This is one of the reasons why I chose you because I I do want to be in this process of being challenged. And it's not always that I'm just challenging him. He challenges me too. It goes both ways in a healthy relationship. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question at all. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess do the work yourself and then you'll know, you'll find, you'll find out. But again, I don't know what the person across from me feels or sees when they're with yeah. me. I, I think I may appear a lot, even without laying it all out there. I think I appear demanding a lot. Good noticing. <laughs> because Good it's almost innate, you know, the stuff I was telling you, like I didn't choose the complexity that I come from and I'm made of like it's just it just is it's just a fact it's not I'm not better or you know than or it's just what is and it it can be a little intimidating for some people because it's hurting me too because then it's like they won't even try because they're like oh my gosh you know it's too much (laughs) there's too much there (laughs) well it's so interesting as, as I sit with you you know and I know you just from from you reaching out and us having a few Facebook conversations and you reaching out to ask me to join this podcast and stuff. But I mean, one of the things I, if I were to kind of like analyze or assess you and I'm putting that in quotes, but if I were to share my feedback of my experience with you, um, one of the things I sense is like, you're very courageous. Like the fact that you reached out, you know, asked me for what you wanted and, um, you know, took that risk, not knowing for sure whether I'd be available or interested. Um, I just see like a lot of courage in you. Like that's one thing that's popping up for me. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and then I also see like maybe some, some fear of how that courage can sometimes show up Mm. in maybe like more aggressive ways. And it's funny because even though I know those aggressive or demanding ways, ultimately can be problematic and, and you'll benefit so much from looking at them. I also think there's like, 
I can feel myself wanting you to make, and so this is my own desire, my own value, but my own desire for you is to, I guess what I would want to see as someone who's observing you is I would want to see you feel less afraid of that part of yourself, Hmm. less afraid of the part of yourself that can be demanding, less afraid of the part of yourself that can, um, quote, be crazy. Gosh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. So um, the reason why I'm getting emotional is because that's pretty much the exact message I received from, I don't know how to say it, like, let's say Mother Nature. (laughs) That is a recent message I received that I need to stop being afraid of um, just showing who I am, you know, because I'm afraid of. I don't know, maybe just let my own light shine, you know what I mean? Like there's just so much inside of me and I keep repressing it, you know, because I don't want to be too much or this or that, you know, just stupid things like that. And the fact that you say it is huge. It's absolutely huge because I I just literally got that message. (laughs) Oh, and that just gives me goosebumps. And I Mm -hmm. feel myself like, surrounded by this very strong feminine energy as you're saying that I'm picturing like a group of women I'm picturing the women in my women's group and and all the clients I've worked with and I'm just picturing all of us here like welcoming you in like yes thank you thank you that's huge like you have no idea (laughs) I have no idea probably this whole week I've been kind of ruminating on that uh, because it's a clear message I received and I'm like okay how am I gonna even on my run this morning it came again and you know I've I feel like I'm gonna go more into it um soon when I see mother nature and everything I I got and received and whatnot it's yeah clear messages that you gotta you know I'm working on my book finishing it it's taken years for me to do that, to finish it, to kind of allow myself to um, even knowing how to end it. Um, and and all of a sudden I have all these, you know, and things come together for a reason. And I, I think that's the reason we're talking today. I mean, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing, but considering you've worked with all of these things and energy and all what you understand what I'm talking about, that things will come together at the right place at the right time when they need to. And here I am hearing that message again. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> wow. And I, clearly I had no idea. I mean, we clearly met for the first time today, face to face, virtually. So that is really, really amazing. Wow. So, um, yeah, this is, I cannot wait to listen again to all of this. It's huge. And I hope many hear it and, take as much as they can from it and go to you and you know to your practice I I want you to have the the last word and I want you to share if there's anything you want to tell people like me I'm part of many single groups (laughs) and we're like okay what can we do for each other I've already told them you gotta go and check out that podcast because it's amazing (laughs) but if there's anything you want to tell us single people trying to find our way trying to find you know, our person that we can have a beautiful relationship with, Mm -hmm. what, what would you tell us? (laughs) Yeah, great question. A few things pop up. One is celebrate each other, celebrate each other's successes, um, you know, as a group, um, 
And this goes to men too, by the way. Like I I know it's I'm a woman, but this goes to I have a lot of single men friends, and this goes for you too, guys. (laughs) Yes. Yes, for both men and women, celebrate each other's successes. Trust that when when one of you, you know, starts to find what you're looking for, it helps all of you. Um, you know, truly in that. Um, and then secondly, the other thing I would say to those who are who are kind of in that group singles group is to just also watch for, um, fantasies, because that's just one thing that blocks a lot of people, um, is they think, you know, it's kind of like the way I like to describe it as fantasy can help connect us to our desire. So, um, you know, we might see someone, um, kind of creating this great relationship and, and think, you know, maybe that's what we want, but if we're looking at it through the lens of the fantasy, And I think you and I talked a little bit about this, which is like, it's, you know, if it's a great relationship, we shouldn't need therapy. We shouldn't need coaching. If it's, these are kind of our fantasies, right. That, that the right thing will just, um, happen. And there's kind of been a couple of big things in my life. I feel like are really aligned with like my soul, like who I want to be in the world. One is my marriage. Um, another one is my work, the work I do here. And in both of those situations, I had to do a ton of work to get to where I am. So what I'd say is, is as a single person to trust that like so much of what you see on the outside from other people, from other married couples, from other people on social media, so much of what you see on the outside is just that it is just an illusion of the outside. It's not what's actually going on under the surface. And after years of meeting with hundreds and thousands of people coming into my office and being like, oh, that's what's going on in your relationship. That's what's going on under the surface. Shit. I wish I would have known that as a single person, right? Like all those years ago, I wish I would have known what actually creates a great relationship because in my head, what actually creates a great relationship um, was very different than what actually in real world creates, creates the type of depth most of us are starting to want. Um, and in one other thing that's popping up, and this actually is a quote from another book. I'm working on a book myself right now. And, um, one of the quotes that I'm going to be using in it comes from a man named Robert masters, who wrote a book called transformation through intimacy, which is one of my very favorites, but he says genuine intimacy between men and women, which requires being to being equality is a very recent phenomenon. So most of us want this genuine intimacy, but it's a very recent thing because it does require something we haven't seen much in the past. So we're kind of having to step out now and, you know, single people and even married people who want this type of relationship are having to step out of the old ways and learn an entirely new way of relating to each other. Um, So that's what I'd say is like for all the single people out there have courage um, learn about relationship work, go to a, go to a good author or coach, read relationship books. If that's an area you're really interested in developing, do the work to start to develop your own mindset and skills around it, because it's likely that, I mean, you can recreate what you had growing up, but for those of us who, who want something a little bit different or who, who yearn for a little bit more, um, you'll probably need to learn, learn something new to get there. Yeah. And I would, say that probably 50% of people do not want to and I'm throwing this number out there because it's kind of like the divorce number Mm -hmm. (laughs) but do not want to recreate what they had growing up or yeah yeah, definitely something better so and even even among 
the other 50% who were coming from, you know, uh, two parents, I'm, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure have would not want to do that or, or do better or different. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> we're all messed up. Exactly. <laughs> so no, I think that's so true, right? There's like the 50% around of marriages that end in divorce. And then there's how many of those who stay together actually feel deeply satisfied. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. This is gold. And um, I feel so honored and privileged to um, have had you on and I will definitely look, you know, um, I, I wish we were in the same state because I would come to all your um, re retreat and whatnot, but I'll, I'll have to keep my eyes open because I travel a lot. So I, I would love to come to one of your retreats or, you know, whatever you put together workshop. Uh -huh um would love it so and um i'll kind of go and dig into um what you have i don't know if you have anything coming up that you want to talk about because yeah. um, based in utah there's a lot of people in utah that might be wanting to come or go so yeah so what i'd say is so um actually most of the work i do with clients is via zoom so you can actually be anywhere in the country if you're interested in doing work with me mm -hmm. um you can find me at www.jennymorrow j-e-n-n-y M-O-R-R-O-W. Yeah, and I'll put that in the notes. So I'll, I'll be in written too. So, um, and I offer a women's group. So we meet once a week via Zoom and um, everyone in the women's group gets access to the online mastery course, which goes over all those things I mentioned to you. It's a 20 video course. It's about 20 hours of um, relational um, kind of learning. And then we have a, a weekly call. So for anyone who's a woman who's interested in that, um, and it's most of the women, one of the things we're looking at is how do you create a more secure attachment with yourself first and foremost, and then learn how to do that with your partner or your date in your dating life. Um, and then for men who might be listening, who are interested, my husband runs a men's group for men who want to become more emotionally available in their relationship. Again, first and foremost to themselves, um, supported by a group of men who are, who are willing to go deeper and then, um, how that can help support them in their, in their marriage or in their dating life as well. So, um, if you're interested in that, you can go to Bryce Bauer, B-R-Y-C-E-B-A-U-E-R.com. And that's a great resource for men. Um, I'll put that in a note as well. Yeah, that'd be great. So, and then we both offer private coaching for individuals and couples as well. About once a year or so, we do an event together, a live event. Um, so we did one maybe like four or five months ago. So I'm not sure when our next one will be, but, um, for those that are interested, um, the other thing you can do is go to, I, I run a free Facebook group for women called secure women, creating advanced relationships. And you can just search that group on Facebook and request to join. And when you do that, um, you have the op option of leaving your email address. So you get on the email list and then I email you about live events when they come up. And also I do a free weekly relationship training there as well. And that often goes onto the podcast now. So it's kind of a mix of how um, you know, if you're interested in learning more, there's some free options, there's some paid options and, um, would be happy to connect with anyone who, who wants some support. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. You do a wonderful work and I will definitely, uh, keep looking and getting into it and we'll be in touch for sure. Awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. So, to with you. Thank you.
If you enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes on the Face Transition podcast, you can let me know by leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the other platforms that you're listening to. Uh, you can also share with people around you that may benefit from these heartfelt conversations. Make sure that you look at the notes so that you know how to get a hold of Jenny Morrow uh, for coaching or material that she produces, uh, as well as her husband, Bryce Bauer, who does coaching for men. Remember that life has amazing things in store for us when we don't give up. This is your host, Juliana. You've listened to the Face Transition Podcast. I will see you next time.